Leadership is a responsibility, not a position. Welcome to Leading from the Front with Dr. Gary McGrath, where experienced leaders share their own brand of leadership to help you develop and improve your own leadership capabilities. And now, here's your host, Dr. Gary. I am Dr. Gary, making good bosses into great leaders with compassionate accountability. Welcome again to Leading from the Front, where leadership is a responsibility, not a position. And our guest today is the best-selling author of Real Estate on Your Terms, and his latest publication, just last year, The New Rules of Real Estate Investing. With over 29 years in real estate experience, he's the founder of Smart Real Estate Coach and the host of the Smart Real Estate Coach podcast. He runs a family business with his son, Nick, his daughter, Kayla, his son-in-law, Zach, and an amazing team of real estate professionals. So this tells you he doesn't just write books on real estate. He's doing it every day. His company and his students complete 25 to 30 deals per month, thus helping others benefit from this industry, not just his family business. He and his family believe strongly in giving back to the community as well and presently support the Franciscan Children's Hospital. So why this hospital? Well, because his son, who works with him, went through treatment after a snowboard accident that left him in a coma. That had to be a scary, scary time for the family. Well, he presently lives in Newport, Rhode Island with his wife, Kim. Please welcome Mr. Chris Prefontaine. Hi, Chris. Hey, how are you? Fantastic. I hope you're doing well and I hope your family is safe and, uh, and healthy. We are and they are. <laughs> Thank you. Good, good. So, Chris, tell, uh, tell our listeners a little bit about more about your background and how you decided to dedicate your life to real estate and not just as a business, but to help others benefit from real estate. Yeah, so I'll give you the the 10,000 foot views uh, at the risk of dating myself. So I started in 91, actually. Um, We did some building back then. I was never a builder. I just teamed up with people that we put a nice team together. We then bought a, I bought a realty executives franchise. So again, a new hat for me because I was never a realtor. And then we sold that to Coal Banker in 2000. And then from 2000 till the lovely debacle of 08 and the crash, we were doing our own investments and coaching people around North America. And then, um, you know, the, the 08 was was awful, but in hindsight, it's what and why we built what we have today. So it's what it's how we do business now because of all the speed bumps and painful as they were, I'm now thankful, but we're talking 12 years later. <laughs> so I can say that now, but that's, that's my short journey for, for the last 29 years. So you, you, Wow. You know, I mean, when you think about what happened in 2008, uh, I don't think there's anybody in this country that was old enough to remember that. I mean, that was the last uh, really huge change in this country with the the mortgage brokerage, that whole financial meltdown, the loss of uh, Lehman Brothers and and all kinds of uh, billions and trillions of dollars in assets. But how did... How did you decide then to pivot your business into what you do now? What what were the sparks that said, okay, obviously we've got to change. And there's a lot of people that can learn from this today with this with this uh, pandemic that we've got going on, and we're pivoting. But what did you learn then that's that's even could serve us now? 
Yeah, and and luckily, I mean, I didn't know, right? Nobody knew what COVID was going to happen. But so we did build it to be recession resistant. And then lo and behold, this happens and we triple our business. So why? So we built it to not take out bank loans, not sign personally on any loans because I went through the pain of having banks knock on my door for four years, right? Literally and figuratively. Wow. So so we just said, what? First of all, back up, I said, okay, should we even go back to real estate? Like we were that burnt. And I said, okay, well, here are the rules. If we're going to do it, we're not going to take bank loans. We're not going to go solicit investors because that keeps me up at night. We're not going to sign on anything personally. We're going to buy everything on terms, which is lease purchase, owner financing. So that's what we built. But that wasn't built uh, till the end of 12, 2012, beginning 13. And, and so that took four years to wind out of the, the, the mayhem. Yeah. So what so what I'm hearing you say is you shifted to a whole new financial model based on what you the pain that you experienced back in 08 and and, and you made those shifts and created a model that will work best for you. What was the process that you, I mean, obviously, it's kind of interesting. You said, well, first of all, we had to decide, do we want to stay in this business? You asked that question. And, and apparently you said yes. <laughs> so and and and. Then you had to say, all right, if we're going to stay in this business, how do we protect ourselves, right? Are these conversations that you had with your family, with other people? I mean, did you sit in a dark room and meditate on it for uh, for a month? How did you come – what was the process of, of making that shift? Uh, it was just myself and my wife at the time. So because coming out of 08, it was me. I mean, my son, she had an office, so he got to witness a lot of this at a very, very young age, which I, I know – if he was asked, would be a huge learning, you know, three or four years to witness it. Um, but it was my wife and I, and um, it, w- it wasn't hard to say which way do we want to go if we're sticking around because it was all the things we got beat up with. So let's not do that again. I mean, right. you know, it's, it's funny. So you learn from your mistakes, yeah, right? We, we, well, okay. So on that note, think about this. People, like we've been through so many storms now. We have on our end in 29 and a half years. So you don't learn from the successes. Unfortunately, that can be pretty scary. You can actually do damage. So you learn the lessons going through all this junk. And, and my wife said about, oh, I just turned 50. So three and a half, four years ago, she said, it took you 50 years to figure this out. Kiddingly, but it's true. Like you got to go through a lot of stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, you do. You have to you have to have the scars and the pain. And, and hopefully, as we work in our leadership programs, we talk about mindset, right? If you have a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset. And you have a fixed mindset or a growth mindset. When you have a growth mindset, what you did is you looked at your present situation and you said, okay, how we want to continue to do this. This is where our expertise is. This is what we like to do. But how do we protect ourselves? How do we do it differently? And, um, and, and having your wife as a sounding board and a partner obviously is, is extremely important, right? We need to have people in our lives that can coach and mentor us. And I'm sure that she said a few things to you that, uh, helped keep you on the straight and narrow with things that maybe you were going sideways on. Who knows, right? Yeah, well, you said coach and mentors. That's interesting because I looked back. This was about a year or two ago, and I I don't want to say discovered, but I I remembered that there was twice in 29 FPS that were challenging. Oh, wait, nothing compares to wait, but there was twice it was challenging. And guess what? No coach or mentor during those times. So that's an interesting thing because I, I probably get too cocky, right? I don't need that. I'm all set. And then, lo and behold, those are the two two times in almost thirty years where there was a headache. So, I think coaching and mentoring is enormously helpful and necessary. 
Well, helpful, of course. You're the smart real estate coach. So you've become a coach to others, right? So hopefully you've recognized through your, not just your failings and in what happens in the market, but also, and I, I experienced the same thing, not using coaches and mentors when I was younger. And we obviously encourage that greatly to, to people of 20s, 30s, 40s, get a coach, get a mentor, get somebody you can bounce ideas off of, right? How do you do that? both from a real estate standpoint, but also as a leader and a friend and a mentor that helps people in real estate. What, t- tell me a little bit about your coaching program that you do with your students. Yeah. So uh, first, real briefly, on, my, on, on our end, Gary, we're always saying, okay, for the next trimester, which is how we operate, and for the next year, where do we have to fill the gap? Like what resources, skill set, or coaching do we need as a team? All of us do. So that's how we kind of, I'll say, stay ahead of the curve, so to speak, just constantly learning. And so then we bring it to our community. We call it the Wicked Smart Community. And we are doing deals literally in the trenches with them. So we revenue share on deals so that they're learning in the trenches with us. And the reason is, I don't have my shirt on today, but we have a shirt that says Bridge the Gap. And, and the reason is, I think there's a lot of junk in real estate, but other industries too, that's just getting sold, but it's not really getting results. And so the gap is what? The time someone takes a seminar or a course and the time they do a deal. So we get in the trenches and we close that gap. We bridge that gap for them. And and once they get through several deals with us, they got their legs. Like they know how to do it. So that's how we've we've bridged the gap and gotten results. Yeah. So we, we when we talk about it with leaders, uh, quite a lot of, I mean, the, the coach provides you with, all of those years, you've got 29 years of experience. Somebody's coming new into real estate and you can prevent them from falling off the cliff. You know, they don't have to make a life changing error. You can kind of pull them back from the edge of the cliff and you say, did you see that? Does that scare the crap out of you? Yeah. Don't go that way. Go this way. And, and they can go, yeah, yeah, I got it. I got it. And you've just saved someone's financial life. But what I also hear is you're in the trenches with them. So as I, as we always say in leadership, you want to, you want to learn something, teach it. So you're teaching it, you're learning it as you go along. And my guess is that as a coach, you're getting to be, you're getting more and more and more experience as a coach every single day that you can then apply to the next time you're coaching somebody else. Don't you see that? Yeah. I, even yesterday we were on a zoom call with our coaches. We have, so we have certified coaches now too, that Zach and I train. And one of them said, Steve said, I didn't realize that this coaching would put me in a position to be better with my own business. He said exactly that. And I said, yep, bingo. And you don't know to your coach. People say, why do you coach? Why don't you just go do deals? You just, you don't know two things until you do it. One is how sharp you, you're going to be because you have to be to coach. But two is how much satisfaction to watch someone go. In our case, many people are brand new. So to watch someone go from A to Z, like zero experience to, you know, six figure deals, that's a cool experience. Yeah, it, it and I learned many years ago when I was in, actually in sales, I became a vice president of sales in a couple of different companies because when I was in sales and I sold a $350,000 deal with a $2 million company, so that's like 15% of their annual revenue, and I'd been there like six weeks, so I was a freaking superstar overnight, right? And I was like, eh, I was okay with that. And uh, a young woman came up to me and said, could you help me? I'm an inside sales I haven't sold anything in three or four months. I think I'm about to get fired. 
And I sat down with her and I said, yeah, I, you know, I'm not doing anything next week because I can do anything I want right now for at least a week because I just sold this big deal. Right. So I used that. I sat down with her and we, we did scripts. I worked with her. I helped her on the phone and we sold a deal like Thursday of the next week for $10,000, saved her job. I was more excited about that than I was the deal that was 35 times bigger and helping others. And I'm, I'm sure that your coaches and you experience that all the time. And that's really the essence of leadership, isn't it? Yeah, and we love it. And then the other piece of that, as you're saying, I'm thinking is, and you guys do it so well, the whole leadership piece is, so anyone can teach, in my opinion, I don't need to water it down, but anyone can teach like the skill sets for any industry, but let's talk about real estate. It's moving them to now a business owner in leadership. That's that's the happy. We have a course that teaches real estate. Why do, why do people come out of the gate and do a deal in 40 days versus 12 months? Because it, it could some people have done that long, taken that long. It's all the leadership mindset piece that no one realizes is part of the equation. Super important. Yeah. So, yeah. So teaching real estate's easy. It's teaching the leadership that's hard, right? Big time. You know, the financial part of it, the buying and selling homes and whatever or property. So what do you, what do you think are the keys to your coaches, the keys that you think of in the skills that are needed to be an effective coach? They've got to be in constant learning mode, in my opinion, not just, oh, I got the skill sets. I got, no, it, it's like you, as your students grow, as our community has evolved, it's, it's much higher level. Like they're doing deals and now they're growing into teams and they're scaling. So you've got to stay, in my opinion, one step ahead of that curve, just constant learning, or you shouldn't be coaching. It's okay if you don't want to, but if you want to, you need to stay a, a step ahead. Um, we call we have two different types of training. So we do team training and then we call it specialized training so that's when myself or zach might say all right i got this we're doing this as a team as a company but i got this woman here i want to work with me on mindset okay then you go do that so we always have two two levels going on so you do some individual coaching with people to help them overcome some area like if they have a little bit more of a fixed mindset or they're thinking about things in the wrong way you help with them to overcome that yeah, we have what we do. We're big on, okay, to the community, we say, we will not bring you guys anyone that we don't use and have vetted and have results with. So we tend to hire a coach and then bring him to the team. Like I have a CEO coach right now, brought him to the team. January through June, had Tony Robbins' son, Jared, coach me, brought him to the team. So we only bring people in that we've used, and then we can handpick who, who needs that help at that time. Right, right. So you, you match them up. So I was, I was taking a look at your, your latest book, The New Rules of Real Estate Investing. What 24 leading experts reveal their real estate secrets. That's a new rule. Are there really that many new rules? <laughs> That's 24 different points of view. And then after each chapter, my son and I and, and my son will comment and, and add to it. So there's a heck of a lot more than that, actually. But, but the fact is this, I mean, any business, I keep saying it, but real estate changes so rapidly that we wanted to come out with kind of a hodgepodge of different points of view to broaden people's thinking, really, because the first book was all about just here's our A through Z system, you know, pretty, pretty basic. Yeah. And your, your first book, uh, Real Estate on Your Terms, right? Yeah. Okay. And that was in 2017. This was written last year. So I, I love this. So I opened up the book and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of flipping through it. And I came to page 183 in the chapter, add value to others, which that is the essence of leadership. Our definition of leadership is the ability to build relationships so we can achieve our goals together with compassionate accountability. So 
you know, I, I, I say, let me shorten it in your words, add value to others. <laughs> I just, I love that. And as I'm looking at the takeaways, I, I'm thinking about real estate and leadership. What does leadership have to do with real estate and real estate with leadership? And I just love these takeaways and there are six of them, but I just wanted to pull a couple. The first one, self-sacrifice pays off. I mean, isn't that really how you add value to others is self-sacrifice. You give up yourself when you're teaching, coaching, aren't you giving up yourself? Yeah, big time. I don't know of another way to do it without the self-sacrifice, right? So you, you're doing it two ways. You, you're giving up that time block, let's say, every time you, you're helping someone. But also the self-sacrifice, I think, it goes deeper in when you take time away and do more self-study too. That It's a dual-edged, and I think they're both necessary, both, both self-sacrifice. Yeah, so the self-sacrifice of taking the time to always be learning. You were saying you got to stay ahead, right? And I... Uh, life. I'm a lifelong learner, so I'm I'm all into that. Um, learn what your strengths are and stick with them. So how? Uh, yeah, talk about there, that. There are philosophies on this, right? And you know that. So some people say work on your weaknesses. I I, I just think that's a waste. I, find someone to, to do that for you. Work on your strengths and just magnify those so you can move the needle the quickest, the the, the, the you know the highest, etc. That's just. Different again. No, there's no wrong way. That's just that's just my thinking. Well, I I, I disagree. I think there is a wrong way. Um, <laughs> I, I think anybody that spends all their time. Here's what I say: If you have some weaknesses that are detracting from your ability to be effective, you have to work on those weaknesses to get them just below mediocre, so people don't see them, and what they see are your strengths. So I'm I'm with you on that. Focus on strengths because what's going to make you great are your strengths. You're never going to be great at those things you're not good at, ever. I don't care how hard I try. I'm never going to be 6'6 and play professional basketball, ever, no matter how hard I try. And even at my size, I'm not a Muggsy Bogues who has like a ridiculous amount of talent that, that was able to play my size. So there's a certain amount of talent that has to be there. And I just read an article recently, a Harvard Business Review article that talked about that the essence of going after our passion begins by recognizing those talents and strengths that we have, regardless of the work that we do, and that most people are happiest when they can apply their strengths to a field, whether it's real estate or the work that I do in leadership development or manufacturing or a, 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 an office worker, a doctor or nurse. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It's applying the strengths that you have that make you feel valuable. So I'm, I'm with you. Learn, learn from your strengths and stick with them. Acquire knowledge was uh, number five on here. Read, read, read. We've, I think we've said that already a half a dozen times yeah. to just keep learning. What are you learning now in, in your coaching and in real estate that's helping people the most? Uh, I, I have to tell you, when the only experience, I just bought a house in January. And the last couple of houses that we bought with the, the mortgage underwriters that we have today, getting through that process is 10, 10 times harder than it was before 2008. And I understand all that. I, I feel like we've gone too far the other way. That's just my impression. What what are you, what are the kinds of things that you're coaching and teaching people in real estate from a leadership standpoint? What are the skills that you're teaching people to help them beyond the the financial part and just closing the deal and getting the deal? But you know, talk a little bit about that from the personal side, the building relationships, the setting goals. What what are you doing to help people? 
So a big move for us with our, we've got an event coming up. And so we started messaging this. This is fresh on my brain to your applicable to your question here. And that is what I alluded to earlier was, okay, I teach you how to do a deal. That's great. But now you're just an operator. It's in my opinion, you get a job until what, until you can learn how the business side of things can learn how to scale, learn how to staff, et cetera, et cetera. Because too many people think the technical and the business are one and the same. It's like saying, the engineer at NASA can be an astronaut or the mechanic can be a business owner. Not necessarily. So we're working on the second piece of that, the business piece, so they can understand how to be not just a solopreneur, but a business owner. It's a big jump. And if some people come in the program, they don't realize it's such a big jump. And so we're working heavily on that in, inside the community. Well, it's the entrepreneurial myth, the, uh, the old book of the entrepreneurial myth where, like you said, the mechanic, they, they want to start their own business. So they open up, they, they find a place to bring cars into and they start to take care of cars uh, until they hire their first mechanic besides themselves. They're not really, a, they're, they're, they're not really building the business because they're just working on an hourly basis. People in our business, uh, what, what you did originally in building your family business you got other people in your family to help you and leverage it. But by having students and expanding on that, not only do you have a different business model because you're coaching, teaching other people how to do it, but you're also expanding it by having other coaches and people do it. You're not doing it all yourself. That's the next level, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there was no way to do it without that. And so my son has done a great job at putting programs together to certify them and make sure they're equipped, right? And to make sure that they're a fit, um, we've got a real important value structure and mission and purpose, and everything's got to align, or, or we don't go down that road. Yeah, mission and purpose and values, right, for your organization. So, uh, obviously, you you have those for for your company. Yeah, yeah. We we started in um, end of seventeen. I said, okay, we've got these lofty goals, but I never built it past. You know, a, an entrepreneur. I don't want to water this down, but an entrepreneur can get to million dollars in most businesses, I think, by just muscling their way in more, more everything, more calls, more emails. And at the end of 17, I said, okay, but how are we going to scale? I never did it. Never did it past a couple million. So I joined Elite Entrepreneurs and we've been with them ever since. And they helped us start right out of the gate with the values, the mission, the purpose. And now to this day, I just hired them personally for a CEO coach. So they're wonderful. And they, they opened our eyes to how to do that and when to do that. Yeah. So this is interesting because you're running a business as a real estate coach to help other people build a business and you have your own coach to help you build your business. I think there's a message there that's consistent to help. You know, I, I talk about it all the time. If I'm going to build my business to be 10 million, I need to talk to somebody that's at least done it to 10 or 20 million. Cause I haven't, and I'm going to make a lot of mistakes. I was talking to another entrepreneur just last week who had a landing, a learning management system, in a business like mine, he says, I can teach you how to take $300,000, put it in the driveway and just burn it. Or, <laughs> you know, you can go this way. So I'm, I'm using him as a coach to help me not burn, you know, $300,000 on a business venture that uh, he found to be uh, detrimental to his long-term plans. Obviously we can learn from each other, right? That's the key. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the money spent on, um, I could go back to each one of my coaches, but it's, you know, I can go from a quarter million on up from one experience with, a, with the right coach. So it's, it's huge. I mean, we're, in our case, let's, let's, let's talk about our own case. So we took, we take people from literally zero experience to now the seventh one just went full time 
that's a, like a life changing situation. Never mind financially. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so true. So what, uh, what do you think having a, a business coach for you as a CEO, what is that doing for you? Um, I use the coaches. I use that relationship forever. Like when I last, the first six months with Jarek Robbins was all about personal uh, high performance. So it was more about my health and energy and all of that side of my business and relationships. Then the second half, I said, okay, I need to get more into the CEO side of things. So what, how does that help with both those relationships? I'm able to, yeah, do my every two week calls or whatever their schedule is, but also have them as a sounding board whether it's text or whether it's uh, email or how we communicate in our case, Slack. But when staffing questions come up, when interview questions come up, when does this align with our mission, values, purpose come up, I literally just text them. So I, I have them as a nice sounding board. And of course, every few weeks we're getting coached up to, to go to the next level. Cause you said something interesting about the team. Like if, if I, if my coach doesn't know that's, that's bad. You said it earlier, but if I don't hire the right people, like if I'm trying to go to from X million to X million and I don't hire employees that have done that, I'm going to slow the growth down. So that, so I've got to be at the helm and understand how to do that and pull it. Well, yeah. you And, and uh, well, I always go back to one of my favorite books on good to great. It's first who, then what? You know, Jim Collins talks about that. And, you know, you just said a whole lot of things about mission and values, systems, processes, and meeting cadence. Meeting cadence is one of the first things I asked CEOs, when I work with them, is uh, what's what's your daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and annual meeting cadence, and what's the purpose of each of those? How do you conduct them? Who do you conduct them with? And what what's what's it look like? And it to to me, it's still an area that is not consistently and in a disciplined way executed by a lot of executives, and it just blows my mind. At a at a minimum depending on the type of organization, weekly and monthly. You have to have weekly and monthly meetings to stay aligned to your mission, values, and goals. And uh, so I, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. That's uh, reinforcing a lot of the stuff that we do with companies as well. So here's my, my final question for you. Chris, if you could write yourself a letter and write it back uh, to Chris 25 years ago, what would you have told yourself? Uh, regardless of the business you're in, because I always knew I wanted real estate, but regardless of the business you're in, find a, something that you can get passionate about. That sounds a little foo-foo. So next, find someone in that business that's already done it, but still doing it because success leaves clues. Don't try to reinvent. And then third, this was a biggie for when I was younger, and I think for a lot of young people, put the blinders on for a bare minimum of 36 months without getting any shiny objects throwing you off track. The third piece is easier said than done, but I wish someone had just said, look, here's the three things. Don't deviate from these things. And I I wouldn't have went around looking for the next best if I had that advice. Is it, that's such, that's such great advice. So find, find the passion that, that, that really gets your blood going, right? It helps you be successful. Find a coach, a successful coach that can guide you and then focus. I put down focus, you know, keep the blinders on. It's so true with many entrepreneurs. The reason they go and become entrepreneurs is because they see things that other people don't see and they dive into these things and they're excited about it. And I'll just make a, a comment about that. I'm a member of the National Speakers Association, have my certified speaking professional uh, certification as a speaker. And I go to the annual meetings every year and I watch these guys get inducted into the Hall of Fame. 
And you know what the consistent thing that I've seen with every single one is they've been in the business for between 20 and 35 years. They're focused on the speaking business. That's what they do. That's the value that they bring. And it makes them a Hall of Famer. And uh, somebody that has 10 different businesses is never going to be in that Hall of Fame. Now, they might be successful in the different businesses, but it's a different kind of success. But I, I agree with you. For most of us mere mortals, we're not geniuses that can have five or six or seven businesses. If we focus and keep working on it, we can be successful. Yeah, well, it's work, right? It's not, it's always hotter than anything. So it's work. And in order to do that, you got to laser focus. Yes, absolutely. And you just said another thing. It's always harder than you think. I, I tell people all the time, if you've worked for somebody else and you can tell me that you've worked hard and done your best, that's great. You got to take it to another level and do whatever it takes. That's the difference is uh, taking it. So any final comments for for our listeners today? I I recommend the new rules of real estate investing. I think not just for real estate, but I, you know, I'm a leadership uh, guru, right? And I, I see a lot of parallels in what you're teaching in that with leadership. And it's really great stuff. Get a coach, be passionate, be focused. Uh, any final comments, Chris? Uh, just look at your next six months and and say, what what where do I want to be in six months? Don't even go to a year. And then say, okay, what stopped me? And then find that, fill that gap with a coach or a mentor, period. Wow, that's great. That That's really great. I, I like the idea of uh, six months to a year as well, especially in, in times now when I do strategic planning. I say, okay, be, let's be strategic. Really know your SWOT analysis, what your values, your mission, your goals, your direction is. And then let's plan out the next 12 months because to go beyond that is crazy. Especially now. Yeah, especially now. Well, Chris, I want to thank you for your uh, your terrific uh, ideas and thoughts and combining real estate and leadership. And I think I, think I need to go find a few more coaches. <laughs> <laughs> no, I appreciate you having me on. Well, thank you, Chris. I'm Dr. Gary making good bosses into great leaders with compassionate accountability. This has been Leading from the Front, where even in real estate, leadership is a responsibility, not a position. Thanks to Mr. Chris Fontaine for his wisdom today. Thank you. Thanks for being with us on Leading from the Front with Dr. Gary McGrath. Remember to subscribe to this podcast on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about the work Dr. Gary is doing, visit statarius.com. S-T-A-T-A-R-I-U-S dot com. Music for Leading from the Front is provided by Peter Katz. For more of his music, visit peterkatz.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.